Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm Erica. We are the Sugarcraft Junkies and this is our podcast. It's for professionals, home bakers and everyone in between. Each month we'll bring you the latest news, ones to watch and so much more. So stay tuned. Hello, Erica. Hi, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. We've managed to make it to what, episode 10, you were saying? Yeah, episode 10. Welcome. Wow. We're not in person. Yeah, we're remote this time, aren't we? (laughs) We are, yeah. Yet again. (laughs) Go back into that lockdown. Yes. Yeah. So Sam can't come round anymore because I'm currently in tier two, although she's in tier one. Um, and also proper lockdown. Yeah, proper lockdown part two starts tomorrow. So it does. This is an entirely remote episode because our main features even done remotely. So yay. But actually it's way yeah. better than last time we were remote. <laughs> I know. Oh, so much better. Actually, it's just, yeah, completely different. So I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I've got high hopes for this one. Yes, so do I. <laughs> so, so what have you done since I saw you last then, Sam? Well, it's really bizarre because I felt like up until um, last episode, I really hadn't done a great deal. And then all of a sudden, I've been so busy. Oh, really? The the most exciting thing I suppose that I did was get myself involved in a photo shoot. Oh. I know. I know. Not me personally, obviously. <laughs> just okay. just <laughs> That wasn't yeah. that obvious. I've seen this actually, your Halloween one. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you know what? It gave me it something to brilliant. do and something to thank you. Gave me something to focus on. Yeah. When I when I worked out actually how many hours I spent on it though, um, I reckon I spent about thirty six hours. Ooh. I know. <laughs> and the girl that sent me a photos uh for ideas, she just sent me like a, a round cake that had a knife stuck in the top of it, and then there was a different cake. Mm. Uh, with something completely different and she'd seen the cake that I'd previously done which had two skulls on so I well I don't want to repeat that cake um but I wanted to do something it gave me a chance to do something that I fancied doing really uh with a thing when it turned up she went wow I wasn't expecting that (laughs) (laughs) So like, I can only assume uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I assume that that's a good thing. <laughs> so anyway, we spent we we were in a, we were in the middle of a woodland, so it's a private woodland mm. uh, called Longton Woods near Maidstone, and um, okay, they they use this. Uh, you can have outdoor weddings. It's absolutely beautiful there, um, but of course, in the middle of October. Mm-hmm. And then it started, to, yeah. <laughs> then it started to rain. So I'm standing with an umbrella over the cake. I mean, how precious! Oh God, yeah. <laughs> and it was yeah. very dark. This cake, so rain would it have was. been very bad and very obvious. <laughs> well, it was because I had a week to prepare it, and I mm. didn't have any black paste. And obviously, I used a lot of black paste. So I decided that I was going to airbrush. I couldn't get hold of black paste quick enough. Not that, you yeah. know, I didn't want to pay any more PMP and everything. So, so I decided I was going to airbrush. And I, I was paranoid that the airbrush would run if the rain got on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I, I used um, Color Splash airbrush black and it didn't okay. run at all. And in fact, I was able to stick the frills I had on the bottom of the cake on. And um, mm. even if I peeled some of that off, the colour didn't come off. Uh, so I was really oh, impressed. Really? Yeah, yeah, wow. it was really good. So so I was quite pleased with that. It was the um, the lace that I had on there that was starting to wilt a little bit. But, but no, yeah. it was good fun. What was it for, the photo shoot? Basically, what it is, is um, as we know, the wedding industry is absolutely shafted at the minute. So... Yeah. People from different areas of the wedding industry are getting together and collaborating to do photo shoots. Oh, okay. So the idea is that you provide, whatever your service or your product is, you provide that for free. And then in return, you get professional photos, which you can use. And of course, everyone tags everybody into everything. So you get that kind of social media presence. 
and it just it just gives you something to do um yeah you know that seems productive you know I mean I'm covering yeah. some dummy cakes and I want to create some new ideas and new things for like next year in the hope that we can kind of get back together uh but mm. it actually means that you know you're actually doing it for something for a reason yeah, which is quite nice true. and you've got some some different pictures to what you've already posted of different cakes and that sort of thing yeah yeah oh I've made a whole heap of macarons for my son's birthday which was a couple of weeks ago uh which I've now got to repeat again because I was going to take a photo of what I'd actually produced but they were eaten too quickly <laughs> um, you know my thought was to display them and um but it didn't happen so I'll try it again this time because it's my daughter's birthday this Friday and surprisingly okay. she wants macarons as well <laughs> so I suppose that saves on a cake but it does they're all sick of cake clearly yeah <laughs> <laughs> they, they're not interested in actually anything that goes on it they don't want to eat the icing they're not huge you know right. fans I've only got one child that's a fan of the icing um but everybody else uh, just wants um cake so um so we're going to go macarons this time I did I did invest in a few color mill colors, thanks to you, Erica. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and when we come on to the new things, I have had to play around with coloring some chocolate. So that was quite good. Um, mm. And I'm trying to organize our Sugarcraft Guild, uh, making cakes mm. for the elderly this Christmas. Um, okay. So I'm just trying to coordinate that as well. Um, and that's really yeah. me done for the month. What about you? Well, I've had to think. Um, so I know there's a couple of things that we've both done, which is um, to do with the BSG Region 8 exhibition or show, which is now online. Oh. So I've created a competition schedule. Oh, well done. For that. Um, a separate one in a few days, which was fun. Um, I'm actually quite happy with what's in there. And it was surprisingly quick and surprisingly easy to do. So, Oh, was it? That's good. Mm. Yeah. To, I went on Sunday to Greenwich Market. Oh, yeah. Was it good? Yeah, it was nice. I went with my sister and her kids sort of to meet up at the end of half term because we needed to go somewhere that was outdoors. Um, And yeah, that was really nice. It wasn't too busy. They'd taken out quite a few of the stalls, so there was a lot more space to move around, but everything was open. Um, We ate outside, you know, it wasn't raining. So all good. Yeah. While I was in Greenwich, I went to, I went last year, the Astronomy Photographer of the Year show thing. Okay. Uh, they've got the 2021 on, so that's good. That's in the Maritime Museum. You've got to pay for it, but I yeah. get them free as a key worker. So, oh, cool. I got a free ticket. Yeah, but it's worth going to see and pay because, oh my God, those pictures are incredible. They look CGI'd and fake. They're all online, so you can see them anyway, but to see them in the exhibition, they're like sort of seven times the size of your computer screen would be. And it tells oh, wow. you where they've been taken and how they took them and like what lenses they use. So, if you're actually into photography, there's a lot that could be quite interesting. But actually, the photos themselves are brilliant. I'll send you a link because they're really lovely. Um, I oh, took a few great. photos of bits. Yeah, I guess it'll be shut though. Will it from tomorrow now? Yeah, it'll be shut from tomorrow, but it's usually on for about a year, so you'll be able to go again. Like, oh, okay, later on in the year. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I'm going to send you some pictures actually while I'm talking, and then you can see. Um, I also did. I was going to send you three that I took that I really liked. Um, this is my favourite one. It's of um, Kynance Cove or Kynance Cove in Cornwall. Really nice. And Oh, wow. They're stunning. They're really stunning. And it's, it's on that one you can sort of see, yeah, that one you can sort of see the, um, the description that you get and all the rest of it. So there's all different sections. So there's like Aurora section. There's one to do with galaxies. Oh. There's sort of the moon and stars. There's planets. There's all different things. So I've got one from the galaxies section. I've got one from the Aurora section and one from the sort of night sky oh. kind of sec or best newcomer section. Oh, wow. That's my, that's, that's what I'd like to go and see is the Aurora Borealis. They stunning. were, yeah, that was fantastic. They're really, really good, all of them. Like all the pictures are amazing. So and they're from all over the world. And there's a kids bit as well where they've got like under 18s who are just incredible. I was going to say that's going to be a bit like going to Cake International, isn't it? And seeing the uh, the children's section in Cake International going, yes. I wish I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um I've done a cake. Oh, I've done a dinosaur yes. cake for my friend's little boy. Do you see that? I really enjoyed that, oh, actually. Yeah. I kind of followed Zoe's Fancy Cakes had a tutorial where she did a T-Rex, 
which was kind yep. of front facing and sort of Jurassic Park esque. Um, yep. So I just got a dinosaur picture and did a similar thing, and I absolutely loved it. And I airbrushed the whole thing, and I loved airbrushing yeah. it because it was the best thing to do because obviously you've got to texture the whole skin, and then the whole point doesn't matter if it's patchy, doesn't matter if there's splatters, because that actually adds to the skin texture kind of yeah. look so actually it was a really really good thing to airbrush it went on really quickly and oh, it looks fab. perfect so I've got some better photos because she's had much better photos than me on her phone um so I've got a much better photo to post than the one that I had before oh it does look really good yeah that's cool um what else have I done oh I'm going out tonight last minute Ooh. um it's been organized for weeks we all, we've organized this for weeks it's like we can still go we're gonna go um I'm meeting one of my friends. There's a pub in Abbey Wood that has like a massive beer garden with a covered like awning sort of. And they have normally have outdoor cinema on Wednesday nights. Oh, yeah. And it's all old films. Yeah. So we were going to go and do like outdoor cinema and sit in the cold in November in our coats and watch a film. <laughs> but <laughs> That sounds perfect. But yeah, exactly. But um, because they're now shut, they've brought forward their bonfire night celebrations to tonight. So I think actually we get live music instead. But either way, it will be sitting outdoors for a last minute catch up. I was going to say, make sure, make the most of the last minute catch up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this isn't something I've done, but it's something that I've agreed to. I am demonstrating at Cake International Online. Oh, really? Fantastic. Guild. Yeah, Excellent. so I'm one of their online demos. Do you know what you're going to do? Or is it top yeah, secret? Yeah, I'm doing the... F- no, no, there's photos of it out. I'm doing the faux food that I did as a workshop a little while ago. Fabulous. The Chinese takeaway. Yeah, not yeah. very Christmassy, but I don't care because it's November. So why does it need to be Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> no, it really doesn't, does it? <laughs> no. And everything else will be Christmas. So if you're not bothered about Christmas or you're not into it, you can have faux food instead. So yeah, well, that's you quite may exciting. as well, to be honest. Mm. Fantastic. It's been a bit more involved than I thought it was going to be. So I was debating whether I wanted to do it or not. I was like, no, do you know what? Just do it because it's only an hour. Just do yeah. it. Um, then they decided. And when when is it? When minute, is it, Erica? Fourteenth of November, Saturday. Brilliant. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I had to provide a picture, obviously, of what I'm doing and a title for a snazzy title for what I'm doing. Um, so I did that. And then we got a, a message saying they need a picture of you. Can we have a headshot? I was like, yeah, that's fine. So I did that. <laughs> and it was then it was um, we need a short bio of you, like two paragraphs or two lines. I was like, OK. And then it was, oh, and we need uh, we need all your equipment list and everything you're using. I was like, right, okay. <laughs> oh, my so goodness. Like every day, every day I'm getting like another thing that I need to provide. And I'm not allowed to mention, I'm allowed to mention the brands that I'm using, but I'm not allowed to mention the name of any business or Facebook pages that relate to me or anything like that. You're not allowed to advertise anything that you haven't paid to advertise. Right. So I can't mention this. I can't mention the podcast. I can't mention my cake business. I can't mention anything like that. Okay. So we'll just mention it all now here. Yes. Yes. (laughs) For the people that are already listening. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. So have you done anything else? <laughs> uh, no, that's it. That's quite a lot, isn't it? It does seem to be. I think we've been quite busy this month. That's quite good. Mm, yeah. Let's hope Let's hope that we can remain busy during lockdown. Yeah. I think uh, we will do stuff because it's only a month. And obviously, I've been saving up a few bits to do. And I've kind of got through some of them already because I thought, well, I can't have this stuff hanging around my house forever. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think we'll I think we'll find things to fill because actually it's not as strict a lockdown this time, is it? You can still no. go outside and meet up with one person who's not in your household. The playgrounds mm. are still open. Like there's there's a bit more flexibility and there's more bubbles in terms of sort of childcare and support and carers and that sort of thing. So it's yeah. not going to be yeah. quite as restricted as last time. No, I just get I just get reprieve from football again. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Which may please my car on, on the petrol front, but not necessarily my son. Yeah, no. See, that's one thing I don't really understand why that had to stop. Because you could just say no matches. Like, there's no reason why they can't train and just not have contact. No, the the amount of COVID secure stuff. I mean, we have to we have to indicate whether our sons are fit to play and not have any symptoms on the night of every yeah. single training session. We're not allowed to watch. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I yeah, I don't I don't know. But then I guess that not every 
football uh, grassroots or whatever is like that. And so, I don't know, maybe it's easier just to do the blanket ban. No, and I suppose not everyone's going to comply. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so there you go. But then, never mind. So have you found anything new? Yes, I have. I've only found two things that are new. So one of them is the Dinky Doodle pine cone mould. Yeah. Have you seen that? I have, yes. That was on one of my new things to find as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're overlapping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do like it. I do like it. Yeah, it seems to be a bit of a mixture between um, like a cake pop kind of mould. mm and it actually reminds me of a walnut whip, if I'm honest. Yes. That sort of thing. So it's basically a, a mould for chocolate and then you fill it with whatever you want. So it is kind of a cake pop, a bit like the, the lollipop ones and the geometric hearts and that sort of thing. Um, it's a silicone mould. It's fourteen ninety She's got them all over her Instagram and Facebook, Dinky Doodle. And there's some that have been done as pine cones and some that she's done in green and dressed them up like Christmas trees, which is rather nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine you could probably make them work as some kind of berry as well. But I just want to see how many you get. Oh, wow. You get, I think that's six. In six or set. eight isn't there yeah it's quite it's quite yeah. a big one isn't it yeah oh no it's eight yeah. it's eight sorry yeah yeah eight of them in one mold so that's quite big um does it say how big they are the stands stands approximately oh wow seven what <laughs> okay seven se- no I've, I've got wide and high the wrong way around and it made no sense all right. It's approximately seven centimetres high and the base is three and a half centimetres wide. And it says the cavities have been filled with approximately 120 grams of cake pop mix or 200 grams of biscuit mix. Oh, right. Well, it's quite handy to know, actually. She's actually weighed out how much mm. has gone in. That's really helpful. Yeah, that's very helpful. Yeah. So they're yeah. actually quite a reasonable size. Like if you were doing, let's say you were making a Christmas meal for more than one person, um, you could have <laughs> them as little individual pudding sizes. They would be, you know, big enough for one person to eat the lot and not need another one. She's done them as well, like uh, the hot chocolate bomb things, hasn't she? So you like you can fill yes. them with like, marshmallows and stuff and then put them in the bottom of a cup and pour on hot water and they look yeah. quite good. So they could be quite um, a nice present actually, couldn't they? Yeah. I think pine cones are really in because I was in Marks and Spencers um the other day and in there yeah. they've got pine cone chocolates as well. So they're very they're very oh, really? Yeah, it looked nice, dusted okay. with gold or just um, icing sugar, just over the top. It yeah, really pretty. Yeah, yeah, oh, nice. Um, I've also got by Evil Cake Genius, my favourite stencil people. Um, they've got a peacock feather stencil set by Cake Halliday, which is in dollars twenty four dollars ninety five, so probably around the same in pounds. Um, so this is a stencil set, so you, it's ten pieces that make up the feather in different parts. So instead of it being one big stencil and you having to cover up sections if you want to wear brush in different colours. All the sections are separate and they kind of layer up and mask automatically all the other bits. Um, there's a small feather that's 7.4 inches tall and the medium feather is 8.2 inches tall. They look really pretty, actually. I don't know if it's point, if it's inches, but anyway, it's not points oh, and inches, I don't know. they've put a dot. So, so I don't know. But anyway, one that's around seven and a half and one that's like... <laughs> About eight and eight and a quarter. Who knows? Um, yeah, they look really, really good. And there's also a free tutorial that goes along with it. You don't need to buy the stencil to get the free tutorial. And um, I have to say, at the end of the free tutorial, there are a load of templates. So you could make your own stencil if you don't mind sitting there and printing and cutting everything out. Um, but it shows you how to make the feathered stencil, which looks actually really good. It's a wired feather that's got yeah. the peacock the peacock design airbrushed onto it. And then it's cut so it actually looks like a real feather. And they look really, really nice because obviously you can't put real feathers on cake. But yeah, they look really good. I think they look a lot better. There's pictures of it on a cake just airbrushed as it is. And there's pictures of it made into feathers. I think they look a million times better made into feathers than they do on the cake. They look fantastic. What's it say? Caroline is sharing her wafer paper peacock feather tutorial. Yeah, you just need to like sign up to her mailing list and you get it for free. Hmm. So what have you found? Um, What have I found? So I found this um, surprise cake popping stand. Um, which essentially is like you know where um, mm. people have recently been having their having their cake and then they cut out a center um, the center of the cake and get all these bags and I I remember seeing I think it was a while ago where people have been putting money in each bag and sealing it and then it goes inside and then there's a stack I, I don't know who's yes. got all this money anyway <laughs> stashed inside this cake yeah and also that's not no. food safe because you who's <laughs> not. Well, the one that was, yeah, I, I, it was just really bizarre. Anyway. And, and, you know, and then you start pulling this, this, uh, these plastic 
bags out of your cake, which is really odd. So, so someone's uh, got onto this and yeah. created this uh, cake stand. Um, so I think it takes up to a six inch deep cake. Um, mm. And essentially you, you've got a section at the top. It's almost like, a um, you know, in the supermarkets where they, well, I'm probably going back a few years now <laughs> where they used to put, when they used to empty their tills, they used to put the money into a, like a little cylinder thing and then it would go in the side and shoot off up to some, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's like that. So yes. You've got this, yeah, shoot. So you've got this shoot. And yes. reckon that you can get, get this, somewhere a mobile phone in the uh in the cylinder although i mean phones are getting bigger and bigger so i'm not sure how big but by the time you pull the stand i'm not sure you could afford to (laughs) so you put the so you put the lid on yeah and then you kind of it goes down (laughs) and you put your cake on you have to cut out massive chunk of cake i guess you could probably get yourself another little um mini cake from that (laughs) because you know you are losing a huge wedge well i guess you could just like a second tier and like and then and then essentially this thing kind of pops up i mean it would scare the living daylights out of me but i mean it's kind of retailing somewhere between 40 and 50 pounds depends where you get it from oh god if you were buying it for small children i don't think someone would want it for a business but if you were buying it for a home use for a small child as a as a party idea no. but you'd kind of want more than one child and i guess the surprise gets less and less or their expectations get higher and higher <laughs> i don't know which way <laughs> Yeah, and that's a lot of money for one. It is. So you want a, you would want a lot of use out of it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Who sells it? I did find it um, on Colpit's uh, website, but I have found it in a variety of oh, okay. places. Do you know who it's made by? Um, bear with me. I did try and have a look to see who who made it. Um, let me just put in. Popping. Why is it that you put something into a web page? And it comes up with everything else except the thing that you want. <laughs> actually, they do a cover as well. So you can actually use it as a full kind of cake stand type thing. Um, you can you can turn it into a cupcake stand as well. Oh, okay. Um, so you can have like a single cupcake on the top of this popping bit. Oh, okay. So this this isn't what I was imagining. So it, lo- it looks like a cake pedestal. And then there's a little yeah. cylinder that pops up in the middle of it, like a toilet roll size. And it kind of, that's obviously the bit that pops yes. up through the cake, isn't it? So it's part it of the cake stand. Yeah. You found and it, it there. it pops up through the middle. Okay. But I can't, I'm just trying to see who it's made by. Yeah. Surprise cake. Okay. The cake decorating company, cake decorating company, have got one for ten ninety nine, which seems to be Okay, so there's different brands. So there are different options for different price ranges um so yeah i mean i think it's uh it's different but it's costly hmm. uh if you're doing it for one yeah you've got multiple use or you're going to yeah. uh hire Agreed. it out to people or loan it to them or whatever yeah um and then i have found color mill have got five new shades out uh, so they've got nude taupe blush lavender and lilac mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of, I've seen that flash flashing around on Instagram at the minute and it looks quite, um, they look quite pretty, uh, quite like the nude one. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they are like. Yeah. Yeah. They do look really pretty. So, they sound nice. but then a lot of their <clears> stuff <throat> seems to, um, to be really nice at the minute. And then the last thing, which was more of a have a quick go and is new out is House of Cake, which is, um, Colpit mm. have got a new, chocolate drip uh so it comes in a brown they call it brown so presumably um like a milk chocolate uh a white chocolate and they do pink so anyway uh they sent me um a sample to try uh so i said okay i'll have a i'll have a go and let you know what it what i think of it um the the actual product itself I've managed to colour. I coloured really nicely with um, with colour mill because it gave me an opportunity to play with the colours. <laughs> yeah, that does look nice. It's the green, isn't it, you've coloured? Yeah, I coloured um, emerald and I coloured and I did get, I got teal. I think you've got teal, haven't you? And I got raspberry. Um, yeah. And then yeah. I did the white just to see what that was like. And I want to go okay. back and I want to see if I can paint over the top because it does actually, it does set hard and it sets quite quickly. Oh, good. Um, the problem that I had with it okay. was so it's so it's in uh, it's 180 mils um, and it's solid. So the idea is you take off the cap, then there's a little sealed bit, 
Now, I'm assuming that you take that off before you put it in the microwave for 30 seconds. I would have thought so, yeah. Yeah. See, me, silver microwave, I think, sparks. So I pulled the tab, but it sealed so tightly that the tab came off in my hand and then I had to try and get this silver bit off of the <laughs> off the top. Yeah. But it is so, so sealed that um, I actually tried to use a knife because if you carry on doing that, then bits of the silver go into the pot, which you don't want. Um, so I gave, I, ba- I abandoned that yeah. idea and I put it in a saucepan of boiling water and, um, and then melted it that way. And it, it worked. So I squirted some out into uh. um, containers to color, um, but it solidifies very, very quickly. So for coloring, I kind of, mm. I had to melt it a few times in the microwave. Once I've got it out, you can do that. And I just put it in a piping bag and that worked, that did work really well. Yeah. Um, but the first go I had, so bearing in mind, I've not really done a drip cake before. They're not my thing, but I kind of wanted to have a go. Um, the only one that I've done before, it was too liquidy and I just used chocolate and I yeah. did get it, you know, it dripped, but it was so runny. It wasn't setting, you know, it would get almost down to the bottom before it would set. So this one did actually set quite yeah. nicely as it was running down, but obviously you don't want it to set too quickly. Um my first, I think my cake was too cold. It's quite cold in the house at the minute. So as I was doing it, it was it was setting as I was putting it on. So I did scrape mm. it off and just reheat it and do it again. And and it was fine. It was fine. So I like the product. Yeah. I just don't like that seal. Okay. Yeah. And the other and the other the other thing that I would say, and I don't know because I've not tried any other products. Um, the lid. So so when you. Uh, when you stop using it because it solidifies quite quickly you need to make sure that you um put the lid in boiling water because it's um all the chocolate is solidified at the top and you wonder why you can't actually squirt it out i would say i would say if you're if you like okay. if you like the product and you want to keep using it i would say keep all your lids and then and don't throw them away and then have an yeah. empty one you know that you can just swap over then you can carry on or just pour it into a piping bag. Yeah. Okay. And how much are they? Um, well, I've, I haven't seen them on the market. So I'm assuming that they are on sale. They're on their wholesale site. So I'm assuming oh, they're okay. going out. So I think they're going to be about $7.50 ish. Okay. Um, I'm guessing, but that's uh, looking at the wholesale price uh, for 180 mils. Um, and yeah, it's House of Kate. So um, I think, you know, I think you should be able to pick them up okay. soon now, if not very, very soon. So okay, there you go. Cool. That's uh, that's what I've got that's new. Lovely. Should we have a little break and then go on to our interview? <laughs> let's let's do that because we do have the lovely Lindy, don't we? Yay! <laughs> our guest today is a cake decorating legend with over 25 years experience in sugar craft. She's written 15 books, appeared in TV and in magazines. She's won countless awards including third in show at her first ever competition in 1997, which was Squire's Kitchen, and in the same year went on to win three golds at the BSG International Exhibition and gold and silver at Cake International. She's also won Best in Class three times at Salon Culinaire Hotel Olympia. Her books have won awards. She's won Business Woman of the Year and two titles at the Dyslexia Awards. She's pioneered the wonky cake trend of the noughties and has been innovating ever since. And she has the coolest job in cake decorating, teaching sugar craft on cruise ships while traveling the world. She's got her own range of stencils, stainless steel cutters, sugar craft and cookie cutters. And she's one of my cake heroes. It is, of course, Lindy Smith. And if you haven't heard of her, it's about time you did. So welcome to the podcast, Lindy. Thank you very much. Wonderful introduction. <laughs> I had to, I got most of it off your website, but when I was reading it, I was like, oh my God, she's done so much. <laughs> We're just really jealous. <laughs> it's been a fantastic journey throughout the, my you know, experience of Sugarcraft. It's been amazing. So the question that we really want to know is how did you end up teaching Sugarcraft on cruise ships? Because that is just extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's just been at the right place at the right time. I, it was just an email that popped into my inbox, like a lot of these things do. It just appeared. I thought, ah, oh, I have to do this. I absolutely adore traveling. And to teach at the same time, well, you can't say no, can you? No, wow. So, oh, wow. What an opportunity. <laughs> exactly. 
and I should have been going again this year but uh, Covid happened yeah and I was flying down to supposedly flying down to Sydney on I think it was something like the 14th of March and the day before it all got cancelled so all the prep that I'd done over the last couple of months uh, beforehand oh, no. just went out the window oh. so I still have my suitcases packed <laughs> ready to go <laughs> yeah, I'll go again <laughs> holiday Covid yeah. <laughs> did you have a career plan or has it all just like evolved naturally it's evolved over time I mean I'm always looking for new opportunities and opportunities do appear I mean sometimes you I see them on the internet and sometimes it's an email and sometimes they're just sort of, you know, by chatting to people, like chatting to Sam at the uh, <laughs> the cake <laughs> conference that we went to. We said, oh, okay, yes, why not? <laughs> What's been the highlight so far? Oh, there's been loads. But I think the one that I was blown away by was I did a demonstration at Windsor Castle one Christmas, hmm. a few Christmases ago. And just being in that environment when everything is out of scale, I felt like Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> it was wow. absolutely incredible. And if you want to see pictures, there are pictures on my web on my blog. Oh, we'll have to have a look. I, I wrote oh, it up, yeah. and it oh, it was a magical weekend. It was just you know there were carols being sung, and there were all these people coming oh. to watch me, and I had this. I felt tiny in a huge <laughs> room. And it was just, oh, yeah, wow. it was an incredible experience. Oh, how lovely! Um, I've also heard that you were in a sugarcraft group with Geraldine Dark and a few others some years ago. Would you tell us about that? Yes, I had to. Do you know I had to look this up? It's so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was back in uh, two thousand and two. Okay, was, that's oh, wow. nearly twenty years ago. You know, <laughs> yeah. I met Geraldine. I I think it was probably at. British Sugar Crafts International ex- Exhibition in Telford, if my memory serves me right. And I think we got talking and I was admiring what she was doing at the time. Yeah. And then she invited me to join the group. And I got involved with her, I think it was her third exhibition, which is called Taste of Art okay. 3. And it basically, I put in two submissions, both were accepted. And the one I was involved in, we had, a, it was ex- exhibited at I think a museum or an art gallery in Guildford I don't quite remember and then it went on tour and it went up to the Bowes Museum which is very famous and it was part of a Royal Sugarcraft Sculpture exhibition which was 600 years of Splendour was the title. Okay. I had to look all this up because I didn't remember. <laughs> and I was in the contemporary section so it went up to County Durham at uh, the, in Barnard Castle and I didn't unfortunately get to see it up there, but it was wonderful being involved and being involved with other people as well, because it's lovely always being part of a group with fellow sugar crafters and seeing what other people came up with. And it was at a time when it wasn't sort of known that you could do so much with sugar. Yeah. It was before it became sort of accepted as a general art form and it, before it really cake making became commercialised. So it was sort of cutting edge at the time. Yeah. Oh, wow. So what in your art background has helped you most in Sugarcraft? Well, surprisingly enough, I, apart from doing art at school, I don't really have an art background. Really? Oh, my goodness. Yes, but I do come, <laughs> I do come from a very artistic and crafty family, if you like. So I guess it's in my genes. I mean, I grew up painting and sewing and crocheting and knitting and making things out of paper and creating things. Yeah. So I've always done that. And my fa- I'm surrounded by people that do things. Okay. So I guess that's the influence rather than have a, a formal educated art background. I'm so surprised by that because honestly, looking at your work, you'd think you'd gone to like art college or yeah. something yeah. like that. <laughs> do you know, I always wished I had, but actually people have told me, no, you don't because you get taught in a certain way okay. and it actually can be a hindrance because I've got all this freedom because I don't know what the restraints are. Yeah. So I just go for it. I think, oh, okay, I could do that. I could do that. Yeah. Just go for it. Yeah. Whereas if I'd been told, no, you can't do it. You've got to do it this way. Yeah. Then maybe I wouldn't create everything that I have created. Yeah. Oh, so where did brilliant. you learn about colour and pattern? Because like, colour and pattern feature so heavily in your work. And I kind of feel that's what you're, you're known for. Colour is certainly what I'm known for. And again, I think the colour is a genetic thing because my mum is really into colour. She's great at uh, combining colours. And that, I think, is what I'm, you know, 
is a genetic thing. But I also suspect that I might have sort of a, a, an ability that's more than normal, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I've been doing this. I've actually got a blog I'm about to publish, and it's all about um, how we all see colour. Okay, and you know, okay. you get the people that are colourblind, so they only have two cones in their eyes. Most people have three cones in their eyes, but some people have four. And if you have four, you can see an awful lot more colours or discern the difference between oh, colours. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think I may be one of those, because I know from teaching, when I'm doing colouring with students, I to me, something is obvious. And some students really, really struggle to see the difference between the colours or they can't mix, they don't know how to mix it. Or they, they even when I show them and demonstrate it, they still cannot see the difference. Yeah. So I think... You know, we're all born with certain gifts, if you like, or genetic, um, what's the word? Skills. Yeah, or, yeah. I don't know what the right word is here. <laughs> Abilities that we can develop. And I think maybe with this colour one, I know the, from the research we've done, it's a bit like creativity. If you use it, if you develop it, if you try and stretch your abilities, then you become better at it. Yeah. And I think that's what's happened with me because originally, you know, I didn't really use colour, but my sugar craft has allowed me to to explore that more the downside of course is that it takes me a phenomenal amount of time to color my paste till I'm happy <laughs> with what I've got in front of me so there is always a downside to everything and that's one of them oh my goodness is that something can you actually find out you know how many of these cones are in your eyes I mean there are um what is doing it but you can't do it online because our computer screens are set up for people with three cones and they're restricted it's the same with print apparently the way they do it there's a, uh, a whole lot of research at Newcastle University and they test people and they do it on dyed silk apparently oh. but I mean you can I could become part of if I wanted to I guess part of their research but I would have to go up to Newcastle. I don't live anywhere near, near Newcastle, but yeah. I think if I did, I would certainly be interested in contacting them. <laughs> really interesting. Um, so what do you do when you don't feel inspired or a design isn't working? Because it's something that we all struggle with, I think. I guess I walk away, take a break, go back to the drawing board, look for new ideas. I use Pinterest a lot these days, but if I'm stuck, I'll go and find an artist or I'll go and find some how someone else has interpreted it. I sort of mull it over, go for a walk, okay. and eventually things will just fall into place and I'll have a – I'll either try something out or I'll have a eureka moment. I tend to have two different approaches. So sometimes I get that light bulb moment when I suddenly oh, why didn't I think of that before? You yeah. know when you're stuck on something and you, th- you just go away and you just, I don't know, do something completely different. And then suddenly you think, oh, I could have done it that way. Or else I will do some experimenting and perhaps I, I do this on boards mm. rather than on, you know, the finished cake. Or, and I just get a bit of paste and I'll have a little play and see what I can come up with. And that's sometimes how I get my best ideas. It's just by playing or experimenting. But it's always, if I'm stuck, it's to get away, change a seat, get out that of That is it. such good <laughs> advice. I think the trap we all fall into is like, I have to make this work. I have to make it work now. And you just dig yourself into like a deeper and deeper hole, don't you? I mean, I have an example for you. My new book, there's a cake in there that's, a, it's now a Christmas cake. But it was inspired originally by a card that I bought that was a, a print of a local artist. And it was an autumn theme cake with a tree in it. So that was where I started. And I thought, okay, autumn, I was thinking sort of Art Nouveau and I was thinking autumn colours. And then I did an experimental board and I sort of tried a few things and I tried more things and that didn't work. And I kept trying and trying. I thought, oh, I could try some stained glass window effect. No, that didn't work. Or it just looked clumpy. It didn't look refined enough because I love, for my designs, I like them to look quite refined rather than sloppy, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And then eventually through all the processes I got my airbrush out and I started doing autumn colors I thought you know that's still not working and then I changed it to sort of blues and purples and then got a like a wintry effect and then it changed completely yeah. into this like winter tree with an outline and then I thought snow so I did this snow and then I thought oh how do I make it a little bit more Christmassy so I put in a stag with um as an out cut out stag and it's turned into a Christmas cake but it took like weeks for it to get that far and I, 
points yeah. I just felt like giving up and throwing it away <laughs> but I was determined <laughs> to get there and I did oh, I'm, I'm glad you it. didn't it, yeah I was gonna say it looks amazing yeah, I love that one. And I think because of it, it's one of my favourite cakes because I had to work so hard at it and I know the process that I went through. I'm really yeah. pleased with what it, how it ended up, but it wasn't what I had in my head at all at the beginning. Oh, wow. Well, what I, I mean, your, your new book, was it One Tier Party Cakes? I, I'm just, I think it's absolutely amazing. Um, and I love all of the designs on the sides of the cakes. So... How how has your dyslexia influenced how you write your books? I guess the way, I mean, being dyslexic as a child was really tough because I couldn't read fluently. I, I still I couldn't spell, I still can't spell. But today, of course, there's things like Grammarly, which I love. So if any of you find <laughs> spelling difficult, download Grammarly. It's brilliant. It gave me the determination, I think, that being dyslexic, I was determined that I was going to not let it defeat me. I wasn't going to give up as a child. And that's given me this sort of dogged determination to get things done as an adult. And I think the writing, I love writing. I love the fact that you can be creative and you can inspire people. So I don't actually have difficulty writing. My difficulty now is spelling, which I say, now I've got Grammarly. And I also have an editor as well that goes in and looks at things and checks that I am making it clear enough for people. But I think the dyslexia itself, because dyslexic people think differently, I think it's helped me stand out from the crowd because I go about things in a different way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Dyslexics tend yeah. to be bigger picture thinkers as well, and I like to embrace that as much as I can. It's just one of those things that, you know, it's, I like to look at the advantages of being dyslexic rather than the issues that... Yeah. You know, I really struggled with as a child, particularly. I mean, it, they don't never go away. It's not something you grow out of. Oh, that's um, that must be now. I mean, you've obviously learned to adapt, and and you know, you can do it. But I, I guess as a child, it must have been a lot harder. So, how long does it take you to prepare each book before it goes to print? The books take a long, much longer than people realise. I mean, I sign the contract for this book uh, two years before it was published was published so the October yeah. 2018 I started making the cakes last spring and yeah. the last photo shoot was January so just under a year to basically make all the cakes write all the texts have all the photo shoots and the way it works is that I make the cake first I then go yeah. to the publishers they have a studio there they bring in a photographer and I remake the cake and he's photographing me over my oh. shoulder. I wondered wow. how that happens. <laughs> I mean, this isn't how my previous books happen, but I've got a new publisher now. Uh, Search yeah. Press have published this latest book, and they have a different yeah. approach. But actually, it means that the book is full of step-by-step -step photos. As you've seen, it's got many yeah. more steps than I've had in my previous books. And it's because he's yeah, literally over my shoulder as I remake the cake. Yeah, I find the photos much easier to follow than a written instruction, hands down. So I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how long does it take you to actually remake the cake? I mean, <laughs> do you have a whole day or yes, have you got a couple I'm, of hours? Or? They allow us, we started off trying to do it in less time, but it, I, it was so stressful with such long hours that I got totally shattered. So we actually, towards the end of yeah. the photo shoot, we, yeah, we allowed a whole day per cake. Because, you, yes, you have, I mean, I don't make every single thing. We can, like, not do the back of the cake or not do little bits of it. But, yes, yeah. the whole day is, is, is important because otherwise it's just too much work. It's too exhausting. Well, yeah. And I was doing four-day photo shoots, so by the end of the, the last day, <gasps> it just had enough. And you had to travel down, didn't you? To, to I did. I had shoots. to travel down from Shropshire, where I live, down to Kent to... Um, Tunbridge Wells and I sometimes took six hours because of the traffic and going around the M25 so, so I had a day oh on the other goodness. end really so it was sort of six days start to finish and then you're packing up all of the stuff that you need exactly to reproduce those cakes exactly you, you should be you should be good at that though you've done it for cruises you can do it for a photo shoot I did but one day one time I forgot my airbrush 
So I actually, but, oh. because, I did, but because obviously there's a few days, I actually got my daughter to post it to me. So that was fine. Oh. <laughs> Thank goodness for special delivery. Frustrating though. Very. But luckily I realised early on. So it was, we managed to get around that one. So when you've put the book together, um, how does it all work? Do you get paid for putting the book together or do you only get paid based on the number of books sold? Well, years ago, I used to get a lovely advance, which was great, which sort of sets me up to write the book. Now I get a tiny little bit, which doesn't cover much at all. So basically, I'm doing it for free, if you like, at the beginning. And then it's, yeah. I get royalties on um, books sold. Crikey. So I get you know, okay. a few pennies per book, basically. Does it make a difference where people buy from? Of course it does. You get? Yes, I get le- yeah. the mm-hmm. least I get is on Amazon. Um, I'll get more yeah. if it's at the bookshop. And if you buy it from me, of course, I get much more, which would be very nice yeah. if people bought it direct from me. <laughs> <laughs> which they should. Which I they mean, should. over there right now. <laughs> and it's really lovely because, you know, I give them a, a signed copy and I can write a little dedication yeah. in there. So, that, can... so that's actually you posting that out? Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Lots of trips down to the post office for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. It's fine. You know, it's lovely. And I love it because when, you know, when you've got that book in your hand and you, when it's new, it's such a lovely yeah. feeling. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So when you, when you put your book together, do you have a reader in mind? It depends on the book itself. It depends on what the publishers want or what the brief is. This latest one, for me, it was all about new techniques. It was about double height. It was about sharp edges. It was about cocoa butter painting. It was about airbrushing. Because I've never put airbrushing in a cake before. Because historically, airbrushes are far too expensive for people you know, to buy. If they bought, a, say, a £20 book, they don't want to spend 100 and something on an airbrush. Whereas airbrush, a lot yeah. of people now have airbrushes. So I felt it was the right time to bring that in and just show a few simple but effective techniques. So it's more about the techniques, this, this particular book. And I th- because of the steps, I think beginners can take it on board, but it depends on the beginner. As we all know, you know, some people need their hands held at every stage and some people are very creative and just can follow. Yeah, but I think with because, as you said, you've got all of the pictures, it makes it very easy to follow step by step. I mean, everything's there from, from baking to covering yeah. to ganashing. It's all there. For, so a beginner can yeah. pick it up if they wanted to. Right, so one of the one of the um, cakes that I love, apart from, well, the many cakes, but one of the ones that really stood out for me was the one with the toadstool. Yes, I, I love, love that one that. too. I love that. <laughs> I love that. But I want you tell me about working with a fluid writer because I know Erica said she's got one, but I've never I've never used one. Um and what is the what's the benefits of using that over like a, a pen? Well, a fluid writer is addictive. Once you've got one, you'll never <laughs> want to use anything else. It's like oh, an old fashioned ink pen. So once yeah. you've got it right and all the instructions are in the book flows as if you're just doodling you know when you doodle on a pad of paper when you're on the phone or whatever it's like that everything just flows so once you get going and you've got the technique right which doesn't take long and you've got your icing nice and smooth and firm then it's just about just doodling and letting your hand just follow the lines that you want to go it's very therapeutic (laughs) (laughs) really therapeutic (laughs) And I've taught it many times, and people absolutely love it. Oh, okay. I, you, you might inspire me. I might have to another investment. <laughs> You've got to, to doodle. You've got to do it, Sam. You really, the other thing is you don't have to yeah. doodle. You can use it for just doing details on flowers. So if you had like an orchid with dots on, you can use it yeah. a, for doing the dots. If you want to do like eyelashes on figures, it's perfect for that. Anything okay. small and delicate, it's easier than an edible pen because with an edible pen, you when you take your your nib off, you get a dot. Yeah. Whereas yeah. with a fluid writer, you don't. And also oh, with really? a fluid writer, it's designed to be on vertical surfaces. So the way the clever action is that the it works better on 
vertical surfaces it does horizontal whereas obviously an edible pen the ink you know can run backwards so it can yeah. go dry whereas the fluid writer doesn't oh so how long do you need to leave um, your paste to dry before you can actually use it it depends on the brand of sugar paste you're using and it will depend on the humidity of the environment but you want it as dry and clean as possible so no stray yeah. icing sugar no stray white fat no stray anything and you want it really yeah. smooth so no crazing on your sugar paste so it has you have to be quite good at covering or use a really nice smooth paste cool top tips from lindy i think i think i bought my fluid writer in what was the book we had out was it cake stream spiral and desire and that was from 2006 was it it was seven but the the fluid writers have only been around a short while oh i had it on my i used it in my simply modern wedding cake book it's on the cover maybe that might be where you saw it it yeah 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 fantastic worth every penny oh (laughs) go back to the bank bank account (laughs) i'll dig it out later sam you can have a play oh thanks Um, (laughs) <laughs> then then she'll be over to purchase one maybe. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need your own definitely you do. right so every episode at the end of our episodes we always do a one to watch which is um artists of any sort of genre who inspire you so lindy have you got a one to watch for i us? have uh, she's called tracy van lent and i met her when i was in new zealand last november I was doing a teaching tour for five weeks in New Zealand, which was amazing. And I got to stay with lots of different sugar crafters. And Tracy was a delightful girl. She was trained in art many, many years ago, had a career outside cake decorating and has come back to it. And she's won all sorts of awards. And she's just recently been putting up, because of lockdown, putting up a whole lot of YouTube videos. And she's got some lovely techniques and some lovely ideas. And she's, she's a lovely girl as well. Oh, lovely. I think I found her. What's her surname again? Van Lent. It's two two words. Tracy Van Lent. It's Tracy with an E at the end. And she has. And on Instagram, I think she's the cake crafter. She could well be, yes. It says Bakel's Petinice brand ambassador, winner of Collab Australia AC. That's the one. Yeah. ADA 2019 Gold New Zealand Chef's Award. Yeah, she's got some lovely stuff on there. I can I can see really the colourful. art influences. I like the yeah. marbling and type stuff she's done, and there is like an agate slice on top of a cake, and yeah, there's a lot of lot of bright nice colours and a lot of textures and mm. different things going on. Yeah, yeah, interesting found, to look at. I've just found one submitting with some incredible painting work, and oh yeah, um, and it's like a fountain coming out of the cake, like, like a baroque oh. style. Yeah, thing. yeah. Ooh. Yeah, very, very I think nice. We might, I think we might be following her now. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right, Erica, so, have you got a one to watch? I have. Um, I'm going to go for Avalon Yarns this time. So on Instagram, she is Avalon Yarns, AVA. Oh no, sorry, Avalon Cakes on Instagram, but Avalon Yarns is her name. It's A V A L O N. And she has got an online cake decorating school. Um, but she's also a cake artist and she's done the cake and cookie planner, which I think I haven't bought one, but I have looked at it many a time. Thought, oh God, it's beautiful because I love stationery and it's just so, so beautifully done. Um, she does wonderful cookies and painting. She's got some really great tutorials on her cake school, including one for like bust style cakes, but for different hairstyles. So it's just a video of like seven or eight different hairstyles. Um, She's done sort of ice melt eyes that look really realistic. There's some really beautifully painted stuff. And I think the thing that, oh, she's got a line of stencils for Evil Cake Genius, uh, mesh stencils. I think the thing that really stands out for me in terms of like innovation is her cake and cookie planner. So yeah. it's a diary to plan your, your orders and space for designs and all the rest of it. But it also comes with a set of stamps. So you can basically mock up your cake. So there's, um, different shaped tiers and there's sort of 3D there's different bits of design that goes on like you can have marbling you can have little swags and bits of flowers it just looks so clean and neat for people that can't draw like me <laughs> <laughs> it looks it looks amazing and the planner itself is just so beautiful it's like a file of facts but a really mm. smart stylish one 
Uh, she's got some fantastic animal cakes, like a, lo- a whole spate of octopus ones, which I think she did once and has just like been asked repeatedly to recreate yeah. them. But they look absolutely fantastic. She's got a fantastic um, seducer one. Yeah, and the other one I really like is, you know, all these lights that have become quite trendy now with um, like the letters or the flamingos with the little dot sort of spotlights in them. Yeah. She's done she's done some of them as cakes. So like standing up on their size as a heart, I think it's an I heart you yeah. type thing. Um, with obviously you can get the little lights that go in cakes to light up. So she's done some of them. There's just some really interesting ideas. And I think, yeah. The, oh, the Medusa, I recognise. That was on the cover of um, one of the BSG magazines, wasn't it? It was. I was just mm. yeah, you you recognise Medusa? <laughs> I do. <laughs> a personal friend. <laughs> yes. We're well acquainted. Yeah. So, yeah. so Sam, who have you got? Um, I have got um so on Instagram she is Navarova Kurz, which is N-A-Z-A-R-O-V-A. K-U-R-S. So she's Tatiana Navarova. And she has got, well, the, the figures that she produces um, is exquisite. And they're tiny. Um, and there's such a selection. She she really is. Um, hang on, let me, I'm just, keep talking while I just scroll through my Instagram. Um, I found her. She, I think the style, the style that comes to mind is this, this is going to sound a bit weird. It's kind of Comic Con. It's that sort of yeah. sci-fi fantasy style model yeah. look. Yeah, uh, but the the intricacy um, yeah. of the figures uh, is incredible. Um, They're like you know you can buy the little replica figures. Yeah, our house is as I know my house is full of them because my yeah. all that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's like them. It's like the little models that you get of characters. They look. Well, she almost so starts real. like she starts with a with a basic figure, and it's like you could imagine a child sitting there just um, dressing this figure. Um, I mean, she's got like a, a fantastic Indian figure, and the detail on the clothing and the jewelry. I mean, she puts her thumb up against it. It's like the head is the size of her thumb. Um, the eyes are absolutely exquisite. So you said thumb. I think you mean thumbnail. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, the head is the size of her entire thumb. No. <laughs> yeah, no, the head is the size of her thumbnail. Okay. Um. So yes. So I suppose they must be about what four inches tall. I'm guessing. Um. There's, yeah, there's a little probably. girl there. Yeah, she's got her. She's got her. Um. Her finger and her thumb kind of extended, and I mean they are really quite small. So the detail on those for that size is yeah. just incredible, um, and like the, the skin's all got like kind of a translucent quality to it, almost hasn't it? It's it doesn't look, thin, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very delicate and very elegant. It is. It is. So, um, so yeah, that's Tatiana Navarova, and I'm hoping I have got that right this time, and I'm not, in, <laughs> I'm not by any way insulting or anybody. <laughs> Lindy, what's next on the horizon for you? Good question. <laughs> I'm not exactly <laughs> sure. No, I've, I've obviously got the book. I've been involved hugely in the book launch and promotion, so I've been doing all sorts of things around that. I would love to write another book, so I'm hoping to put a proposal to the publishers about the next book that I have up my sleeve, but I'm not going to let you that, know anything about that right now. number 17? Yes, because the one, the one tier party text is number 16, so I'm hoping... Because what I love is having a big project to work on. I really yeah. like that. It just it keeps me going and it gives me, you know, using my creativity, I love to be able to put like 10, 12, 20 projects, whatever it is, together and make yeah. them all work. And I love the challenge of fitting the last ones in because the first ones are easy, but the, <laughs> the latter ones are yeah. never easy because you've got to have that mix, I guess, between them all. And have the beginners and more advanced and the te- different techniques. So I love the challenge, and that's what I would like to have on my agenda Ooh. for next year. Oh, excellent! So, will you be going cruising again next year? It depends very much on the COVID uh, yeah. situation. I would love to. As I say, I've still got my bags packed, so <laughs> I'm not unpacking them. But I, 
<laughs> woman of many clothing is that what it is? <laughs> well it's all the all the kit really i've got two, two suitcases full of kit with all you know all the tools and stuff and all the boards and all the download the i print out um a4 sheets you know step by step photos for everybody so i've got all yeah. that and yes i do want to go on and and i've got all the aprons all made and ready so oh. i yes i am ready to go but i think we need do you to teach make... every day Lindsay, on the on the cruise no i'm teach on sea days so every day that we're going between ports yeah. then I would teach. And the thing about COVID, of course, is until all the ports are open, I don't want to just sail around the world and not be able to stop and teach every day because that's not going to be much fun. So I would want to be in a world where yeah. everyone can get off at ports and yeah. you know everyone's healthy. So I don't know if it'll be yeah. next year. It may be 2022. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. It's watch this space, really, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sure you could easily pack Erica and I into a spare case. We'd gladly help you. I'll bring a fluid writer. <laughs> well, Lindy, thanks ever so much for um, for giving us your time um, and and joining us this morning over some strange internet recording device. It's been my pleasure, Sam and Erica. It's been lovely. <laughs> So that's it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. We'd love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we'll link the things we've mentioned in the show notes below. You can follow us on Instagram at the Sugarcraft Junkies. And we'll be back on the 9th of December when we're talking about sustainability. So we'll speak to you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.